one of the challenges with really large company people is that when you're in a really large firm, you're kind of put in this lane and it's pretty narrow. And when you go to a small company, your lane is not narrow. I'm pleased today to be here with Will Prest. He is the Managing Director of KWP Consulting. Welcome, Will. Hi, great to be here. You know, Will, you've been working as a consultant for a number of years. I know you do some advisory work and have prior experience working with some pretty well-known brands uh, in senior level roles. So maybe you could just give us a quick rundown of uh, your background and, and kind of the things you're focused on today. I've worked uh, both for a number of very large uh, brands in the financial services business, both uh, American Express and American Express Financial Advisors, which is now Ameriprise. I, uh, I've worked for MetLife in their fee-based business. I worked for H&R Block in their broker-dealer fee-based business marketing and online business. <clears throat> and then I left the large corporate world to do a startup uh, where I was the second guy hired working for a business funded by Transamerica. So we were our own standalone division, completely separate from everything, uh, but we're ultimately reporting up to the board of Transamerica. And that's what I've done over the last, that was sort of the first 20 years of my life. And then in 2012, I decided to start uh, a consultancy where it brought together uh, business strategy, brand strategy, marketing, sales, and product. I found in all of these new initiatives and starting businesses that it was hard to get those aligned unless you really understood the senior management's vision and you understood the marketplace and how buyers make decisions. It was hard to pull all those things together. And so that's the bulk of the advisor work that my team does. You know, one of the things you and I talked about previously was sort of the, uh, the talent piece. Usually I get to this later in these conversations, but, you know, as someone who has worked in large organizations and you know done a startup and then consulted to both types of businesses i think you had some interesting observations on how you build the team and what things are similar in both environments and what things are different so i'm wondering if you might be willing to uh comment on that a bit first of all, first of all i think it always comes down to talent and part of uh my learning on talent is it's all about fit. So, you know, do they have the resume, the skills and the background, but then ultimately do they know how to apply that to the situation, to the situation that they're walking into? And then you're not really hiring for, can Will just do a great job today, but it, does he have the horsepower to take it forward as this thing grows, especially if you're in a startup or a division in a large, large company where you expect a lot of growth, you're, you're looking to hire people that can do a great job now, but also have horsepower for the future. I think the flip side that you might think about is that's what you think about as a hiring manager, you know, building your team. You know, the people you're interviewing have the same thing. It's just the other side of the coin. They're thinking, hmm, is this a good match for me? Uh, is this taking me, my career to where I want to go in the future? What's the value of this two to three years out? If you think about how to bring those two pieces together, I found that, um, that's what I call sort of creating a good fit. So were there any particular questions you used to ask or things in someone's background or other little tips or tricks you had for sort of trying to identify who would work well, you know, in both environments, frankly? 
when I helped build the fee-based business uh, or rebuild it, it existed, but we rebuilt it basically from scratch at MetLife. One of the initiatives that I spearheaded and ran is we, uh, I had a national wholesaling team of 12 to 13 people that divided up the country and went to branch offices, pretty typical. But then we realized to really make a difference, we should help the branches install directors of financial planning. So sales managers, but sales managers with financial planning background that would fit into a, a, that kind of branch system. Uh, and what I learned was pretty early on is the people that had that mental flexibility to realize this isn't a plug and play, what I did at XYZ company isn't just gonna fit like a glove at MetLife, but that treat that as a general MBA. And so with that thinking then I would just, I would pose different kinds of questions to see how flexible their thinking was and to see if they truly understood at the core how they would develop uh, as an executive, a sales system that supported planning, but did it within how MetLife worked. And they didn't walk into nothing. Like we had systems, we had scripts, we had planning software, we had planning support. We had a, a whole system, but that system was very specific to that environment. So it was really trying to assess um, their, their ability to problem solve and not just kind of go on rote. If you were to try to take the best parts of what a startup does and the best part of what a large incumbent does and, and kind of put it together into a project, what, what would that look like? You'd be very clear on your, your why and how you would add value. The, one of the things that startups are the best at that keeps flummox, flummoxing um, insurance companies, for instance, is startups know the customer better than anybody because that's what they do. They're in the marketplace all day long. They are not behind their desk. They're talking to people, they're flying places, they're trying to raise money. They're, they're in the marketplace all day long. The larger companies over time, as you get more senior, it's hard for you to get out around your desk and you have much less contact. So for instance, in our practice, one of the best ways that we add value is fairly straightforward. We do a situational analysis of understanding what does the company really thinks going on and then what do their stakeholders really think is going on? Then the next circle out, what do their institutional buyers or customers really think that's going on? And then ultimately if it's sold to a, a, a consumer and really getting out and understanding what those expectations are. That is what startups are the best at. If you think about it, they collect the most data. They're super current because that's their competitive edge. They have to know what's happening in the marketplace and they'll keep pivoting. And that's what uh, insurance companies or just large financial services firms want to have, but they're just not as close to. I think structurally there's a block a lot of times, even though they have good market research and they can buy reports and, you know, there's people they work with. So it's how to, when we do the research, it's, it's all about how do you apply it to the business, not just handing out 50 page reports. What can't be ignored, especially in insure tech is it's heavily regulated. You've got to know the rules. You got to know the regulators and, and what they expect. You've got to understand the different levels and pathways to distribution and what is required all the way along the way. And of course, I think any insurance company, their most important thing, especially if they're large and we know who they are as a brand, their reputation risk, their reputation, not what they want to risk. So I think that's where they could be a really good partnership. And then I think on the flip side, if the large companies understood better what it's like to work at a very small firm, which is fragile and you have much, much less bandwidth and speed is really important. 
Um, I think the meeting of the minds is, is really critical there. But again, it all comes back to no startup ever failed because they had too many customers. Given the amount of information we're bombarded with now, and you know whether it has to do with things like this or just the news cycle or you know what you do in your day job and the fact that you know devices essentially never turn off, are there sort of secrets to cutting through the noise? And if someone is trying to innovate and demonstrate that what they have is not a commodity or, you know, really get that value prop out there? You know, that's a great question. Uh, because again, we're sort of at the nexus of business strategy and a brand strategy should drive the business strategy. It should not be, it's its own separate thing. It is, it is the articulation of how to put the wind at the sails of your business strategy which should help turbocharge your sales force. And then that's what decides what your marketing is. Um, it's actually very hard work to be, to quickly and concisely articulate what you do and how you add value, how those benefits come across. It's easy to make a, a pretty good looking brochure because there's a lot of tools and say stuff about marketing. Um, we have a number of tool sets. So first, we always do situational analysis because our approach is this is all about the business and then it's about brand marketing and sales and the compliance of product that go with it, right? So that's the first place we start. The second place we then think about is what is the, what is the buyer? What does the buyer need? What do they want? What problems are you solving for them? Again, these are typical you know, business model canvas questions, but being really clear. And then third, we have a number of tools that we use. I think at a high level, I described it. One is in several columns, we ask all these questions about the firm and their product and the benefits they see. And then we balance that with who is the audience and being very specific, like who is that audience? Is it an RIA? What kind of RIA? There's, a, there's tens of thousands of different kinds of RIA, smallest to very large, right? And what is it that they need? And what are their requirements? And what are their pain points? And if you match them, you can ultimately get to what we call a brand promise. Are there certain segments of the, the, the market and insurance where you see opportunities where you know a strong innovation strategy or um, there's kind of a ripe opportunity to leverage insure tech and uh, drive some value. The large companies have the balance sheet and the actuarial and investment management teams to create great products and support those products and big distribution. What they have a hard time doing is zeroing out, zeroing in and being really good at uh, customer or participant or client or employee engagement like where the rubber meets the road, where those individuals are buying products and services, signing up for benefits, realizing what the total view of their benefits is and why um, their benefits package um, could be supplemented with X, Y, and Z. And so it seems to me that it's really the smaller companies that are very good at, at kind of digital engagement, or I would look for those companies that are really good at digital engagement and then figure out, is there a way that you could suspend all the barriers that you throw up that haven't allowed you as a large company to be innovative and get engagement out right away and partner with somebody because you have 
the balance sheet and the compliance and a lot of the routes to market. So that's where I kind of see the partnership. Well, anything else you'd like to cover before we finish up here? I, I really, I really enjoyed talking to you. I, I, again, I, I've been lucky to have worked within lar really large firms, and then in those cases, also work on new initiatives, and then work in very small firms and try and bring them to market and partner with just the biggest of companies. And now we, we um, handle those kinds of engagements across a whole spectrum of wealth management, retirement planning, and insure tech. So it's it's fun to um, see how sort of my interesting career path has has played out and how that experience helps helps companies get to market quickly. Yeah, great. Well, Will Press, Managing Director at AWP Consulting, it's been great having you on. Well, I appreciate it and thank you very much for your time.